guys, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I mean, this is an NFL episode. I ain't gonna lie. This is a, this is what a true NFL episode looks like. A lot to unpack here. We're about to get right into it. It was a great divisional round weekend. It was. Uh, it's gonna be some excellent matchups for uh, NFL Championship Sunday. I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm pretty sure y'all are excited. I I'm I was really excited to do this episode today. So uh, for everybody listening out there, big thank you and shout out to you guys for sticking with us here on Pigskin Frenzy. And honestly, I'm excited. I'm ready to rock and roll. A lot to unpack here for Pigskin Frenzy. With that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I am Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean or Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Now, Instagram, X, Facebook, you know what to do. Type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, NFL day to day. Got through with that intro. We are ready to rock and roll. We're going to recap the divisional round. I don't know about you guys. You can tell by the excitement in my voice how excited I am to do the show today. But we're going to recap. We're going to recap this divisional round. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to get down to the nitty gritty of who's in and who's out with the pigskin frenzy NFL injury report for the conference championships and for championship Sunday for the NFL. And we're going to get into other news as well as some updates on some coaching vacancies. I wonder what happened yesterday. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about uh, and preview and predict championship Sunday, the AFC championship and the NFC championship guys keep plugging into pigskin frenzy on all platforms, subscribe and follow on all platforms, YouTube, X, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Podbean, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Just keep plugging into pigskin frenzy and keep liking it, sharing it around with others and following and commenting. It was, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on the show? Not on the show, but I want to hear football thoughts from you too. I value everybody's opinion. I want to hear from everybody about the game and the sport that we all love. So with that being said, let's kick it off with the divisional round recap. Uh, we have four games. Now we're down to two. We are down to two. Sunday, it's the road to Vegas. The road to Vegas starts here. We get to the road to Vegas. That's probably what the title of this episode is going to be. The road to Vegas start, or ends here, I guess. So uh, the road to Vegas ends here. So, I mean, honestly, when you look at everything uh, and how it all played out, it kind of was how I expected it to go. I mean, 4-0 and in my picks, right? I predicted covered 4-0 and in my in my picks. So it kind of went how I expected it to go, um, and we're, we're here. We're here. So let's kick it off with Saturdays. Uh, and you know what? Not really Saturdays necessarily. Let's kick it off with the AFC. First, and then we'll get into the NFC matchup. So let's kick it off with the AFC, the Ravens and the Texans on Saturday. Uh, the number one seeded Ravens playing their home game. They, the, the big question going into this game was, can the Ravens uh, not only get past the divisional round, can Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, make the AFC championship and make it a home conference championship for the first time since 1971? 
and they did just that. Final score, Ravens 34, Texans 10. The Ravens, uh, in the first half, it was a close game in the first half. The Texans were giving it their all. Their defense especially was giving it their all, but the Ravens just ended up dominating in the second half, and they just moved the ball on quite well. Defense dominated, and they dominated up front especially. So the Ravens got the win 34-10. to 10. Let's look at the stats here, and then we'll talk about the game some more. Lamar Jackson, 16 for 22, 152 yards and two touchdowns, 11 carries with 100 yards and two touchdowns. Guys, if this man is not the MVP again, there's something wrong, okay? There is something wrong uh, if he is not MVP once again because the numbers that he's put up and what he has done to lead the Baltimore Ravens back uh, and back to where they were, the AFC Championship, not only to the AFC Championship, but playing in a spot where they could go to the Super Bowl in Vegas, I mean, he deserves it. He deserves all the credit and what he has done for the Ravens. A lot of people, when they get, before I continue all with the stats, a lot of people, when they get the money and get paid to play ball, right, to play football, they usually, their performance sometimes dips. Not going to lie, it dips sometimes. But Lamar's didn't. Lamar said, let's play some football. Let's lead this team to a championship. Let's get some weapons around me, and let's win this thing. And that's what they're planning on doing. So they're in the AFC Championship. Congrats to the Ravens. So Justice Hill, 13 carries with 66 yards and two carries with 11 yards. Gus Edwards, 10 carries with 40 yards. Dalvin Cook made his debut with the Ravens. He was signed on for the playoffs. Eight carries with 23 yards. Uh, expect him to be uh, in a little bit more of a bigger role Sunday, I would assume, in the rushing attack. Uh, in the AFC Championship game Sunday. Zay Flowers, rookie sensation wide receiver, four receptions with 41 yards. Rashad Bateman, three receptions with 39 yards. Isaiah Likely, two, recept two receptions with 34 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, two receptions with 12 yards and a touchdown. Odell Beckham Jr., a 12-yard reception. And for this defense, the highlight was linebacker Roquan Smith. He was unbelievable, racking up seven total Tackles. Let's talk about the Texans really quick. C.J. Stroud, an, an inspiring effort. He did his best. Third, 19 for 33 with 175 yards, three carries with nine yards. Devin Singletary, nine carries with 22 yards, five receptions with 48 yards. Dare Ungle-Mawale, two, two carries with seven yards, 13-yard reception. Nico Collins, five receptions with 68 yards. Dalton Schultz, five receptions with 43 yards. The defense racked up three sacks. They did pretty good on defense. Like I said, linebacker Christian Harris and defensive back Steven Nelson were the highlights for this Texans defense, both racking up seven total tackles. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I had to clear my throat for a little bit. Sorry for the unprofessionalism again. On this show, you're probably thinking, unprofessional as all get out. Excuse me again for a second. <coughs> Excuse me again. I'm trying to get my throat ready. I'm trying to get everything good. So let's keep talking. The defense played lights out. And in the first half, they were making it tough for the Ravens, I honestly thought. I think it was a, it was a, a, a close game. Everybody was thinking, man, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like, what, like what, what, what are the Ravens were thinking? We need to go in the second half and adjust. This is not how we played all season. We're getting, you know, manhandled up front. And then the Ravens adjusted in the second half. I think that that's what happened. They made second half adjustments. The Texans kind of slowed down a little bit. The Ravens stepped up a little bit more in the second half. And they played like they have been all season. The best team in the league. Pause there. You're probably thinking, you just pause there for a second. I want to let you guys meditate in what I just said. 
the best team in the league because that is what the, the Ravens have been this season. Look at their schedule. Look at what they've done against top caliber opponents, the Dolphins, the Lions, guys who were in, teams who were in the playoffs this season. They beat them, but not only they beat them, they dominated them. They are here for a reason, okay? The Ravens are no joke, and they need to be taken serious. I said that. I said that um, after the Lions game. I said they need to be taken serious. They're going to keep going, keep going, and keep going. There's something about the Ravens, and now that they're here, look out. So that's all, that's pretty much my talk about the Ravens. They they adjusted in the second half, and they played like they have been all year. Lamar Jackson uh, played lights out. Zay Flowers played lights out. They dominated up front. Their defense, led by Roquan Smith, absolutely he, – was a, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me again, unprofessional. <laughs> he was a difference maker for them on defense. So I think that the Ravens are right where they need to be. They are ready for it, right? John Harbaugh and the Ravens are ready for it right now. The Texans have some work to do. They have some time. No one really expected them to be here. I didn't. If you told me that the Texans were going to make it to the divisional round of the play, of the NFL playoffs and the AFC playoffs and win the South, even you probably would have thought that I was a you were you know I probably would have thought you were a little bit crazy if you would have told me that. And they shocked everybody. They shocked everybody. And the Texans made it. They worked hard for it. And if I'm any team next year on their schedule, I'm watching out for the Texans because the Texans with a good draft class once again could be a little bit more lethal than we think. So watch out for the Houston Texans. They played good, but in the second half, they just got outmatched by a better football team. That is not real. That's really the whole gist of the recap for this game. They just got outmatched by a better football team. So final score, Ravens 34, Texans 10. That's pretty much the gist of it. They got outmatched by a better football team. The Ravens are going to the AFC Championship in Baltimore Sunday. Their first conference championship at home since 1971. I wasn't even a thought yet, so that's crazy. The Texans go home and they get ready for a offseason and try to try to you know build up for the 2024 season. Let's move on to the last AFC Championship contest before we go to the NFC and continue on with our recap. The Chiefs and the Bills. Everybody was looking forward to this game. Um, it was in Buffalo in Orchard Park, New York. Jason Kelsey was there. Taylor Swift was there once again. You're probably thinking, Joel, enough with that. <laughs> enough with that. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about it. I understand. A lot of people are tired of the Taylor Swift stuff. It does get a little draining. I'm not going to lie. It does get a little exhausting. So uh, I, I, get your, I get your thoughts. I get, I get what everybody's saying. Everyone was thinking, dude, you picked the Chiefs to win. Why did you pick the Chiefs? What is your problem? They're against me because they're thinking I'm a quote-unquote Swifty. Uh, it's not about me being a Swifty or not being a Swifty. It's about the game of football. It's about when the history tends to repeat itself when the Chiefs and the Bills play each other in the playoffs. That's it. That is the, the thing about it. And history did repeat itself. Final score, Chiefs 27, Bills 24. I told everybody, I said the Chiefs were going to win this game. Everyone was saying, are you are you insane? As I'm rubbing my eye, being more unprofessional, I apologize. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're listening to me on audio, guys, you're thinking, I'm glad I'm not watching this guy. If you're watching me on YouTube, I apologize. Let's go back to the game. But I said the Chiefs were going to win. 
I said that the Chiefs were going to win because it has a history of repeating itself. And it's the truth. Mahomes versus Allens. Mahomes versus Allens in the playoffs. Mahomes versus Allen in the playoffs. I'm just going to sit there and say it. In the regular season, there's been matchups where Josh Allen's got him. He got him this season. Josh Allen did. He went into Arrowhead in the regular season and beat Mahomes. In the playoffs, though, Mahomes has always beaten Josh Allen. Josh Allen has not beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Conference championship, divisional rounds, Allen has not beaten Mahomes. It is the, it's one of the greatest, it's one of the, the, the best modern-day rivalries in the sport. It really is. Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. And you can include Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes up there and then include Burrow and Allen up there against each other. But the, one of the, it's, it's, more, it's a Brady and Manning-esque type rivalry because I grew up watching Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And when you watch those guys go up against each other and you're thinking to yourself, when is Peyton Manning going to beat Tom Brady? That's the question now that we're asking about Josh Allen and Peyton and, 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 and Patrick Mahomes. When is Josh Allen in the playoffs going to beat Patrick Mahomes? That is the, that's the question we're asking. Patrick Mahomes is a playoff machine, okay? He is a machine in the playoffs. He has done better in his first six to seven, six years, seven years than Tom Brady has done. And that's saying something, uh, stat-wise at least. Now, Mahomes, let's look at his stats and let's look at the game, talk about the game, and we're going to break it down. Patrick Mahomes, 17 for 23 with 215 yards and two touchdowns, six carries with 19 yards. Isaiah Pacheco was a force to be reckoned with in this game on the ground. 15 carries with 97 yards and a touchdown, 14-yard reception. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, two carries with 31 yards. Travis Kelsey played a really good game this game. He was impressive. Five receptions with 75 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this is He scored his first touchdown since the Eagles lost back in November, back in week 11 of you know the NFL season. So this was his first touchdown since then, and he not only scored one of them, he scored two of them. So uh, Mark, Marquez Valtis-Scantling, two receptions with 62 yards. Rasheed Rice, four receptions with 47 yards. Noah Gray, three receptions with 16 yards. Safety Justin Reed was the highlight for this defense, racking up 11 total tackles. Josh Allen, 26 for 39 with 186 yards and a touchdown, 12 carries with 72 yards and two touchdowns. You think I was going off on the Bills just a minute ago. I got something to say about the Chiefs. So just hang in there with me, okay? Hang in there with me. This is for the Bills. This is the Bills stats, and just hang in there with me. James Cook, 18 carries with 61 yards, four receptions with 21 yards. Todd Johnson, seven carries with 40 yards, 14-yard reception. Stephon Diggs, three receptions with, 70, with 21 yards, seven-yard carry. Dalton Kincaid, five receptions, with 45 yards. Khalil Shakur, seven receptions with 44 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, three receptions with 27 yards. Linebacker Tyrell Dodson and safety Jordan Poyer were the bank factors for this Buffalo defense. Both men racked up eight total tackles. So for the Bills, had the game in the first half. They played really good in the first half. I think their play calling a little bit in the second half got a little bit too predictable. Their, the Chiefs defense finally stepped up. They finally stepped up in the second half, uh, which caused the, which caused a, or in reality, a depleted defense uh, who lost uh, Terrell Bernard and who lost, uh, who, 
who lost Matt Fachado and who lost uh, AJ Klein and lost a lot of those lineback- linebacker core, they were carving them up in the middle. That defense for the Bills really could not stop Mahomes in the offense. Mahomes in the offense would either get a field goal or a touchdown. They barely punted that game. The Chiefs' offense were rolling on all cylinders. Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, all going on all cylinders. The ground game was going for the Chiefs' offense. Their offense looked looked kind of like how they looked last season for a, for a change. Uh, they didn't look too too tough, like too bad this year or this game. Uh, it wasn't like the regular season. Chiefs Chiefs in the playoffs so far have been turning it up a notch. They have been looking like the the team of last year instead of the team in the regular season that we've seen all year especially on offense. So they're finally starting to come into their own. And if 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 anybody is capable of going back-to-back right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to give him credit to where credit is due. You're thinking, dude, enough with the Chiefs love. I'm going to get to this, some truth in a minute. Let's talk about the Bills some more really quick before we go back to the Chiefs. They had a game plan, and it did not work in the second half. Their play calling was too predictable. Uh, Tyler Bass did miss that kick. Uh, I'm not really shouldering the blame on Tyler Bass. I think time management issues and I think coaching had a lot to do with that. I think if they would have thrown the ball instead of go yard for a touchdown, if they would have ran the ball with James Cook and gotten a first down, eaten some clock up, eating some clock up and run some clock down because they're not going to stop Kansas City, okay? We're just going get to get down to that point right now. They were not going to stop Kansas City's offense. So when you look at it, they could have ran the ball, first down, first down, first down, eat clock, eat clock, clock management, simple clock management, and it comes down to coaching. It comes down to coaching, and Sean McDermott failed on that. He called pass, pass, incomplete, incomplete. Let's kick a field goal. They missed the field goal. And then they gave the the Chiefs the ball back, and the Chiefs got the first down, iced the game. If you would have ran the clock out, gone for the first down, ran the ball a lot more, gone for the first down, the game probably, we would be talking about a different outcome right now. I'm not going to lie. We're going to be talking about a different outcome. Because, yes, the Bills were doing good, throwing the ball some, but they were doing really good up front, tossing that defensive line around and running the ball down their throats. The Bills uh, are going to have some stuff to think about during the offseason. It's going to weigh on a lot of people's minds. Can Josh Allen beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs? That is what everybody is starting to ask now. That's the question now everybody's asking. Everyone was asking it a little bit before, but they're asking it pretty much all the time now. Can he do it in the playoffs? That's the real question about Josh Allen and the Bills. And can Sean McDermott do it? That's going to be some questions. That's going to be there's going to be some questions to be answered for the Bills. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was underwhelming watching them in the second half. It was very underwhelming. Play calling was not there. It was questionable. They punted the ball a lot, which they did not have to punt the ball a lot. They could have gotten first downs, but the questionable play calling is what got me. So, uh, and Claw and, and to end the game where they could have won the game, the questionable play calling to not run the ball and pass it and then to take a field goal was questionable to me. So uh, that's my take on the Bills. Let's talk about the Chiefs for a little bit. Because the Bills were, and I was mentioning the Bills, they could have won the game because they were running the ball down their throats and they were out-physicaling the Kansas City Chiefs. You thought that I was going to I was gonna say, oh, Chiefs are this, they're great. And they are good, they're a great team. They made it to the AFC Championship against the Ravens for a reason. 
But here's where the scary thing and what concerns me about Kansas City. Physically, they got beat Sunday night. They got beat. There's no doubt in my mind. They got beat Sunday night physically. Running the ball, they got torched on the ground. 182 yards rushing for the Bills uh, on on Kansas City. They got torched. James Cook uh, was going off. They could not stop Josh Allen on the ground. Josh Allen was running the ball like it was nobody's business on the ground. He had 72 yards on the ground. He had a t- he had let's look. He had two touchdowns on the ground. He was running the ball. Here is what concerns me about the Chiefs Sunday afternoon. They are playing the number one rushing team in the league. Everybody that I know is saying the Chiefs are going to do it. The Chiefs are going to do it. Are they? Are they? I'm not making my pick just yet, but are they going to do it? This is not a game to where you can say, oh, the they're going to do it, uh, uh, Chase Kingdom, Swifty Nation, and all that. This is not a game to where when you look at all, when you, when you're, it's not a thing that you can focus on all that right now. The Ravens are for real. The Ravens are a solid football team. And if anybody thinks that this is going to be, oh, the Chiefs have got this, uh, go back and watch what the Ravens have done this season. And go back and watch tape on the Chiefs. Go back and, and just think about it for a little bit and meditate on it. Because it's a little bit frightening watching the Bills game Sunday night and going into this game against the Ravens. Because they can run the ball and they can put and they can physically get you up front. On both sides of the ball, so that's my only concern about the about the Chiefs going into this game Sunday. That's it. It's not the quarterback concern because they have the best quarterback in the league. Doesn't matter if he's MVP or not; he's still the best quarterback in this generation. Patrick Mahomes, no doubt in my mind. I wholeheartedly believe that. But when you look at the front line and running the ball. Can Pacheco do it? Yes, absolutely. The Chiefs can run the ball well with Isaiah Pacheco and even Edwards Hilaire. But the Ravens consistently run the ball, run the ball, run the ball down your throat, and it's hard to stop. It is it is tiring almost. The number one rushing offense in the National Football League. Keep an eye on that Sunday. Just keep an eye on what happens up front. Uh, and we're going to get to some updates of the Chiefs front line, of the offensive line here in a little bit. So final score of this game, Chiefs 27, Bills 24. I knew the Chiefs were going to win. History tends to repeat itself. Um Chiefs are moving on to the AFC Championship game against the Ravens Sunday afternoon. The Bills go home or stay home, have an offseason, and let's see what they can do and try to make adjustments to get back to where they want to be next season. So that was the AFC side of things. Let's go to the NFC side of things. In a game that was a nail-biter and kind of brought me raised my eyebrows a little bit, the 49ers and the Packers. And Saturday night, on Fox, I tuned in. I play. I was covering that game. I tuned into it, and I was going to break down. Uh, had my had my analysis, break down my coverage, have some notes, get my notes ready. And when I was watching the game, I was sitting here thinking, "Okay, the Niners, the Niners are going to win this game, but it, I think it's going to be a lot. It's going to be close. It's going to be close because I think the Packers are going to give them some give them may give them some trouble. I didn't expect them to give them that much trouble, 
but I was right. I was right. The final score was 49ers 24, Packers 21, and the Niners go to the NFC Championship game. I was right on this game. I thought the Packers were not going to give them a little, I thought they were going to give them a little bit of trouble, but not that much trouble. The 49ers, for the first time this season, really as a, as a unit, concerned me a little bit. Let's talk about that. Brock Purdy, 23 for 39 with 252 yards and a touchdown, six carries and 14 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 17 carries with 98 yards and two touchdowns, seven receptions with 30 yards. He is my nominee for Offensive Player of the Year. And at one point, he was my, he was my, honestly, my, my choice for MVP, if you want to be real, was Christian McCaffrey. So George Kittle, four receptions with 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, let's see, jo- uh, Juwan Jennings, five receptions with 61 yards. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions with 32 yards. Zebo Samuel, two receptions with 24 yards. Chris Conley, 17-yard reception. Linebacker Dre, Dre, uh, Dre Greenlaw was the highlight for this defense. He was a force, racking up eight total tackles and two interceptions. Let's go with the Packers really quick. Jordan Love, 21 for 34 with 194 yards and two touchdowns with two interceptions, five carries with three yards. Uh, Aaron Jones, 18 carries with 108 yards, three receptions with eight yards. Emmanuel Wilson, four carries with 16 yards, 11-yard reception. Uh, uh, Romeo Dobbs, four receptions with 83 yards. uh, Jaden Reed, four receptions with 35 yards and nine-yard carry. Bo Melton, 19-yard touchdown reception. Luke Musgrave, three receptions with 14 yards. Christian Watson, 11-yard reception. Tucker Craft, three receptions with nine yards and a touchdown. Linebacker Quay Walker was the force for this defense, racking up nine total tackles. Okay. Quick analysis here for this game before we go to the uh, the last recap of the divisional round. Um, let me just break this down. Let's start with the Packers really quick. Great effort. I mean, they went into Santa Clara, and they gave them a run for their money. Up front, they gave them a run for their money. Uh, Aaron Jones ran the ball extremely well. I mean, look, 108 yards. He ran the ball quite well. Jordan Love. Let me go on and tell you something about Jordan Love. He's finally coming to his coming into his own as the starting quarterback for this franchise. And he is expected, from what I'm hearing, according to uh sources from Bleacher Report and ESPN and NFL Network, that he may get an extension during the offseason. Don't know how much that's gonna be, but he may get an ex- may get a uh an extension and may get so I get may get a little bit of a raise for him. He has done quite well. Uh Unfortunately for the Packers, uh, on defense after this loss, the defensive co- defensive coordinator Joe Barry has been let go by the organization after this game because it's been an up and down season for the defense. The defense kind of had an up and down uh, second half, but the defense really did show some strides into uh, slowing down this offense a little bit and slowing them down up front. And uh, good on the Packers; they did everything that they could to beat this team. Uh, the Niners. The Niners, and I'm going to get into the Niners here in a little bit, they they gave them a run for their money. Quay Walker on defense racked up nine total tackles. He was a force for this team, and uh, they moved the ball quite well. The Packers are very young. They are a young team. A lot of people didn't expect them to be at this position, and I didn't really expect them to be at this position either. Young team coming into their own, and I'm excited to see what Matt LaFleur does this, uh, this coming up offseason with them. And let's see what they draft well. Let's see what they do coming into next season. I'm excited to see what the Packers got. 
I really am. I'm curious to see what they have because of the, the roster that they got. They got some receivers, man. They got Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. They got Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson. Um, I'm interested to see what's going on with Jair Alexander, of course. Uh, there's been some rumors that he may be departing the Green Bay Packers. We don't know yet. I'll have any. I'll have more updates when it happens on the socials and on the show. But this game, and when you look at the game, the Packers gave it their all, gave it a run for their money, and they played well up until about three minutes in the, the last half of the game. I think they were controlling the game majority of the game. The whole game, besides the last three minutes of the game, then the Niners stayed in it, came back, and won the game. Uh, Ander, uh, uh, Anders Carlson, uh, he missed the field goal. Uh, that would have probably sewn up the game for them. Uh, or, or made it at least a one position, still a one-possession game, but more points. And, well... Well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It would have been a tie game. My bad. Looking re- looking at the score, it would have been a tie game for the Packers. And he missed it because the Niners could have easily scored within the three minutes and tied the game up. So he missed it. Niners scored, win the game. So uh, let's talk about the Niners really quick. Brock Purdy did not play his best game. You're thinking, dude, don't get on this train now, okay? I'm not getting on this train. Uh, Saturday, I had some different opinions when I was uh, working on it and just talking to, my, and talking to my family around me. I was thinking, this guy looks like with the team that he's got around him is just a, a part of the system, right? But let me just go on and say this. That was a stretch, and I apologize for saying that. Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback who can do well under certain situations without some of those players, with some. Majority of the time without some of those players, he does kind of crumble a little bit. But Brock Purdy was very inconsistent Saturday. I'm not trying to hate on Brock Purdy, but he was inconsistent. He has, he didn't play like he did all season, okay? Saturday, he probably should have played a little bit better than he did. It's okay because Christian McCaffrey kind of saved him a little bit. McCaffrey really saved him a little bit. Having Debo out because Debo hurt his shoulder during the game, he having Debo out kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, he did he did good throwing to Kittle. He did good throwing to McCaffrey. And McCaffrey kind of took it over on offense and for the, the Niners. Gr- Greenlaw was... Uh, amazing for their defense. Their defense was kind of in shambles against the against the Packers because the Packers kept moving the ball on them quite efficiently. Uh, and Dre Greenlaw kind of picked up the slack for the Niners on defense. I think the def- Steve Wilkes and the, the Niners need to regroup on defense this week, huddle up, and try to figure out ways to stop you know what's happening Sunday. And I'm about to get into what's happening Sunday within the next game. Uh, but they need to just try to come up with a better game plan Sunday defensively. Now, uh, on offense, the only thing that I'm concerned about is Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy needs to play consistent, lights-out football because if he does, the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFL, a team that could probably either beat the Chiefs, the Lions, Buccaneers, Ravens, Texans, you na- Bills, you name it. They can win with the guys that they got and the talent that they got on the offensive side of the ball. But they just need Brock Purdy to play consistent football. That's really it. I mean, 
That was my main concern for the 49ers. What they did well was running the ball. I knew they were going to do real one of the running the ball because they got the best running back in the National Football League in Christian McCaffrey. Play consistent football if you're Brock Purdy. That is the biggest thing because he did not play consistent football. I'm not hating. I'm not slandering Brock Purdy. Good quarterback. To me, he's relevant. He is not Mr. Irrelevant. He is relevant. He's the starter for a reason. He led them there for a reason. I mean, everything's a reason. They were led there for a reason, and he was a big part of that. Okay? So my thing is do not stop now. Do not play inconsistent football now. That's my thing. Final score, 49ers 24, Packers 21. Packers really curious to see what they do during the offseason. They go home and get ready for the 2024 season. The 49ers go to the NFC Championship. They are a solid team, but they need to play consistent football on both sides of the ball, defense and with quarterback play from Brock Purdy. So moving on, let's go to the Lions and Buccaneers to conclude our recap of the divisional round in the NFC side of things. Lions and Buccaneers. This game was hype. Detroit was rocking, of course, because it's a playoff game. And they, ha- like I said, they won their their first playoff game against LA, the LA Rams for the first time in 30 years. So they were excited. And the Buccaneers were coming with a chip with their shoulder, playing a after playing a hard fall and just destroying the Eagles in the, in the opening round. And they were ready to rock and roll as well. It was a back-and-forth game. I didn't really think anybody played bad in this game. I thought it was a back-and-forth game on both accounts. But I got this game right. I said the Lions were going to win, and they did. For the first time since 1991, the Lions are in the NFC Championship game. Final score, Lions 31, Buccaneers 23. Jared Goff was a big reason for that because Jared Goff played like a madman. Uh, Played like a madman. Uh Saturday or Sunday. Sorry, excuse me. I got distracted with my notes. Saturday, uh, Sunday. Jared Goff, play like a madman Sunday. Let me finish my sentences. Guys, sorry. Uh, Jared Goff, 30 for 43 with 287 yards, two touchdowns, six carries with six yards. Jameer Gibbs played lights out as well. Nine carries with 74 yards and a touchdown, four receptions with 40 yards. David Montgomery, 10 carries with 33 yards, three receptions with 14 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, eight receptions with 77 yards and a touchdown. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end sensation, nine receptions with 65 yards. Brock Wright, 29-yard reception. Josh Reynolds, two receptions with 27 yards and a touchdown. The defense racked racked up four sacks and two turnovers. Safety Brian Branch was a factor for this defense, racking up nine total tackles and a sack. Baker Mayfield for the Buccaneers did not play a bad football game. Did he have two blemishes with those two interceptions? He did. Was he sacked four times? He was. But when you look at the game he had, he was not quitting and he was not stopping. 26 for 41 with 349 yards and three touchdowns with two interceptions. Two carries with 15 yards. Rashad White, nine carries with 55 yards, four receptions with 36 yards and a touchdown. Chase Edmonds, four carries with 19 yards, two receptions with 18 yards. Mike Evans, who could have possibly played his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, he balled out if this was the case. Hopefully, they re-sign him in March and during the offseason because they're going to need a guy like Mike Evans to come back for Tampa Bay. Eight receptions with 147 yards and a touchdown for Mike Evans. Future Hall of Famer is Mike Evans. Cade Otten, five receptions with 65 yards and a touchdown. 
Chris Godwin, four receptions with 40 yards. Trey Palmer, two receptions with 32 yards. David Moore, an 11-yard reception. This defense played a tough and stingy game led, led by linebackers Levante David and K.J. Britt. And David racked up 13 total tackles and a sack. And Britt racked up 12 total tackles. So, Buccaneers gave it their all. They were not going away. They kept playing hard and hard and hard until the Lions just outmatched them. That's what happened in the end. The Lions just overpowered them and outmatched them. And it, it was hard because Baker Mayfield just kept trying and trying and trying and trying. And they just... They just they just outmatched them, and that's what the whole part part of it was. Rashad White ran the ball well. Chris uh, Baker Mayfield threw the ball well. He uh, got a couple of scores in with like Mike Evans, with Rashad White, with Kate Otten. Kate Otten was a big problem for that Lions defense at first. He was moving the ball on them quite well with Kate Otten, and some of their play calling was good. Uh, they played really physical football up front. It was kind of back and forth, like a tug of war almost. And the Buccaneers were not going away. The Buccaneers did not have a bad have a bad game by any means. Uh, to me, the Buccaneers this season were the were a surprising team because I thought they were going to be in it either. I thought it was going to be hard to replace a Tom Brady, which there's no replacing the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. There's not. But Baker Mayfield took that mantle, rep, uh, is their new quarterback, and said, I'm going to be the best Baker Mayfield I can be. And he was this season. He signed under a one-year deal. If they do not reconsider bringing him back for a long-term commitment, it's going to be, in my mind, it's going to be mind-boggling because of what he did this season. He led that team to a divisional playoff game. He helped the Buccaneers. He helped them win an NFC South championship, a division title, and he and he literally led them to the playoffs. He said uh, the Buccaneers literally weren't going to be anything they say that everyone was counting them out and Baker Mayfield said, no, we're going to play this game. You know, basically just, you know, forget what everybody else says, block the noise out. We're going to go out there, be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and show everybody why we're going to be the NFC South champions for a uh, fourth straight year. And we are going to go to the playoffs and try to win the whole thing. So, Give Baker Mayfield on that offense props. Give that defense props. They have been on. They have been an underrated team all year. Uh, congratulations for making it that far. And that's my thoughts on the Buccaneers. Uh, and you know, good luck during the off season. And hopefully, they come back and they're playing really hard in the 2024 season because they. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me again. Oh, unprofessional again. I apologize. Uh, have quite been a underrated and impressive team, to say the least. So congratulations for the Buccaneers on making it that far. How about the Detroit Lions? I mean, everybody, everybody's pumped about this. I'm excited. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, can the Lions do it? I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, if you listen to Dan Campbell and what he said on Hard Knocks last year during the 2022 season, uh, he says, just, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. 
I am ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> Excuse me for Dan Campbell. I am ready to run through a wall for that guy. Give me some help. Give me some pads. Give me a Detroit helmet and let me go play football against these guys. The Ravens, whoever. I don't care. Let me play for that guy because he has done a great job coaching this team to a NFC championship game. <clears throat> Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Benito Sanchez, guys like that up front. Brian Branch, Alex Anlazon, unbelievable defensive performance by all those guys. Cameron Sutton, uh, Cam Sutton, all those guys. I mean, all those guys. Uh, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, they played lights out this season uh, besides a few games, but they made it. They made it to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. The last time they made it, Dan Campbell was in high school. I wasn't even born yet. Jared Goff wasn't even born yet. Jameer Gibbs wasn't a thought yet. Sam Laporta, all those guys wasn't born yet. The PlayStation and Xbox weren't out yet. The iPod wasn't out yet. You can name it. I mean, literally, the BlackBerry was a few years away. It was it's incredible that the Lions are in it. The Lions are in it. They are rocking and rolling, and they look like a team that could probably win it all. I'm not saying just win the NFC Championship, win the whole thing, the Super Bowl, win the whole thing. They impressed me up front. They're very physical. They ran the ball well. Jared Goff was playing like a madman. He was throwing in the middle of the field like it was nobody's business because that it, up in the front was the only area where the Buccaneers had a weakness and he just hit the weakness. He threw it up the middle and kept going. Jared Goff, solid quarterback, uh, underrated quarterback, a guy that does not need to be doubted anymore. The Lions are here in the NFC Championship game. That's my recap of everything. Final score, Lions 31, Buccaneers 23. Guys, the Lions are going to the NFC Championship game against the 49ers for the first uh, in, in, in the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. The Buccaneers are going home to Tampa Bay during hopefully to re-sign, build, and get ready for the 2024 season. Guys, let's look at the pigskin frenzy injury report. That was my divisional round recap before we preview and predict the conference championships and NFL championships Sunday. We're going to get into uh, the the Pigskin Frenzy NFL Injury Report, quite not a whole lot on this one. And then we'll get into other news and coaching vacancies before we preview and predict the episode, uh, the Conference Championship Sunday and conclude episode of Pigskin Frenzy. So I'm going to go pretty quick with some of these reports. So Chiefs offensive line, Joe Tunney. That's I said I was going to talk about the Chiefs offensive line and an update on them going in to the Sunday game against the Ravens on an AFC Championship game. So Joe Tunney, he has a strained pec, pectoral muscle. He is unlikely to play versus the Ravens Sunday. That is a huge loss for the Chiefs. Huge loss. If Joe Tunney didn't play, that's a huge loss. Um, uh, I met Joe Tunney, good guy. He, uh, he, I saw him at training camp. They look good during training camp. I met all of them. They're really nice. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with him, and hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. And hopefully if he does make it, they do make it to the Super Bowl, he'll play there. But uh, we'll see what happens coming up Sunday. Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews, knee and ankle could be on his way back Sunday versus the Chiefs. They could have gained a weapon for the AFC Championship game Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. We will see. We will see. Uh, it could be. We all thought he was going to be out for the year. 
I thought it was going to be out for the year, but it turns out he healed and rehabbed in a miraculous way, and he could be on his way back Sunday. He's questionable as of now. I will give you guys updates on the status of Mark Andrews before Sunday. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. He has a shoulder injury. He is questionable versus the Lions Sunday. His status is up in the air. He did not practice yesterday or today, but we will see what happens uh, coming up for Debo Samuel uh, during the NFC Championship game. Hopefully he is good to go, but he is questionable versus the Lions Sunday. Lions offensive lineman Frank Ragno had a sprained ankle and knee and is questionable. He was banged up in that Buccaneers game. You can see him wincing in pain if you weren't watching the game. He was banged up and up, up front. But he says he's feeling better and most likely most likely will be playing through it Sunday night versus the 49ers in the NFC Championship. So uh, good on him. A lot of players are playing through injuries. They're playing tough and they're ready to go. Frank Ragno is one of the toughest offensive linemen in the National Football League. Not going to lie. He is one of the toughest guys on the Lions team, and one of the toughest offensive linemen in the league. So good on Frank Ragno for trying to play through it. Uh, thoughts and prayers for everybody on the list. Let's see what uh, – I'll give everybody updates on X, on the socials, and on X to see if they're all playing and ready to go and for Championship Sunday. That was the Pigskin Frenzy NFL injury report. Now, let's go with other news really quick before – preview and predict championship Sunday and conclude and conclude today's episode of pigskin frenzy. The Eagles are cleaning house guys. We all kind of knew that was coming. Uh, Matt Patricia and Sean Desai both called defensive coordinator and had their defensive coordinator roles uh, and play calling duties. They're both gone from the defense. Desai was let go. Patricia was no longer under contract and he is looking for other jobs around the league. And they are both gone from the defense. They are cleaning house. Uh, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni will be the head coach of the 2024 season for the Eagles. They said changes needed to be made. Howie Brosman said that changes needed to be made uh, for for the staff because their collapse like that cannot happen when we were already in command of the number one seed midseason. So uh, it cannot happen like that. Offensive coordinator Brian Johnson was let go by Sirianni and the team as well. So they're looking for an offensive coordinator. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, they found their defensive guy, which is quite an interesting hire. So watch out for the Eagles defense next year. They are hiring Dolphins defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio as their next defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio is now going to be in Philadelphia as their defensive coordinator. They're going to have a stingy defense next in 2024 and next season. So watch out for what they do. Uh, Fangio played, uh, coached a really, really strong and solid Miami defense. They played tough and physical uh, all season for Mike McDaniel and for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, watch out for Fangio uh, and in in Philadelphia because that defense may look quite impressive next season and it may be much improved uh, after what we saw this season. So the Raiders, Bears, and the Eagles are all interested in former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury for their offensive coordinator position. So all three of them have offensive coordinator openings. The Eagles just let go of their offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. They are requesting to interview Cliff Kingsbury for the job. Let's see what happens and who and who gets the services of Cliff Kingsbury because each one of them could have a fantastic offense under Cliff Kingsbury and what he does. His attack and his his approach on offense is one of the best in football. So it quite honestly would be a massive pickup for whoever lands Cliff Kingsbury. So 
Uh, and we're going to get to some breaking news here in a little bit because it happened yesterday. So uh, let's see what happens with Cliff Kingsbury. Let's see what happens there. And let's see what happens, you know, just throughout during the interview process for them. Now let's get to the head coaches. And starting it off with a bang. The Chargers yesterday made the announcement. They got it. Have hired Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh to come to the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a five-year deal. Uh, pretty lucrative. Uh, according to ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter, uh, Jim Harbaugh will be the next head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. He has come full circle. He won a national championship at his alma mater this past season. He played for Michigan, coached at Michigan, and he not only that, man, he played NFL football for the Los Angeles Chargers. Can you believe that? And now he's coaching for the team that he played for the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers. So full circle moment for Jim Harbaugh. Who's got it better than the Harbaugh's right now? And nobody, maybe, Jim Harbaugh going to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I thought this was a great hire. For one, they, I said all season, the Chargers can be something more. They can be something more than what they actually are. And now they're about to be more than what they actually were with Jim Harbaugh. The talent that they got on that team, the winning track record that Jim Harbaugh got, or uh, Jim Harbaugh has, and hey, he's gotten now and has, uh, it's, it's a match made in heaven almost. It literally is. Justin Herbert, Jim Harbaugh, Together, it's going to be a good combo. The Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Raiders are going to be put on notice. The Chiefs might have some competition in the AFC West, if 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 I can if I can say that, uh, because of what Jim Harbaugh can do and what he can draft, and he knows talent as well, and what he can build in Los Angeles. So the Chargers are hiring. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan head coach, as their next head coach. Uh, we're going to talk about we can talk about that uh, Tuesday coming up to see what Michigan's going to do. Uh, we will talk about that Tuesday. So, Jim Harbaugh going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Big news in the NFL. I just shook the whole AFC up. That just shook the AFC West up, and everybody's probably on high alert that Jim Harbaugh is now coming back to the National Football League. He used to coach for the San Francisco 49ers. So the Panthers are expected to interview uh, Mike Vrabel for their head coaching vacancy, and the Falcons have already interviewed Mike Vrabel, the for, former Titans coach, for their head coaching vacancy. So two teams there that are interested in Mike Vrabel. The Falcons are still interested in Bill Belichick. Let's see what the Falcons do there. Let's see what the Panthers do there. Uh, and a, a couple of more, honestly, a few more. Uh, the Panthers have promoted their assistant GM, Dan Morgan, as their next GM to help along with that process of hiring a head coach. So good hire for the Panthers there. Let's see what happens there. And let's see what, you know, happens for, you know, for the Panthers as they go and get ready, you know, to get a new head coach. Hopefully it could be, let's see if it could be Mike Vrabel. Uh, Cause I think that would be a fantastic hire for the Panthers, getting a Mike Vrabel and see what he can develop uh, Bryce young and get some players on that offense. He can have a little bit of more freedom to do what he wants with the offense. If he, if he wants to maybe. So let's see what happens with the Panthers and the Falcons as they're finding their next head coaches. Uh, for the Titans, speaking of the Titans, they have hired Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their next head coach. Good hire. He 
develop Joe Burrow, uh, one of the brightest quarterbacks in the league right now. He developed Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and they had and Joe Mixon, guys like that for the Bengals. Uh, he ran a, a, a pretty solid offense and led him to a Super Bowl. So it helped let him do a Super Bowl. So Brian Callahan for the Bengals is going to be the next head coach for the Titans. Good hire for the Titans. Let's see what they do with uh, Tennessee. And let's see what he does with Tennessee. And let's see what happens this offseason and going into the season for 2024 and how they build. The Bengals have promoted quarterback coach Dan Pitcher to be their next OC to replace Brian Callahan. That was announced yesterday as well. So good promotion, good hire for the Titans. And let's see what both coaches do uh, as the OC for the Bengals and respectively as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. So uh, last but not least, before we can, you know, get to you know, championship Sunday preview and predictions. The Raiders have hired Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach. The chart, and the, they also hired a new GM, former Chargers GM Tom Telesco is now their new GM. He has been hired as their next GM. So uh, let's see what the Raiders do. I'm quite curious to see what you know at, uh, Antonio Pierce does as the, as the full-time head coach. Devontae Adams wanted him. Max Crosby wanted him. Jake, Josh Jacobs wanted him. Everybody has, has wants Antonio Pierce as their head coach. Let's see what he does. He's a player's coach. He relates to the players in the league and into for the team. Let's see what he does on draft day. Let's see what he does scouting. Let's see what he does during OTAs, training camp, and as he gets ready for the season in 2024. So the, that could be an interesting hire for the Raiders. It could go really, but one or two ways. It could go really well, and he could lead them to a playoff, or it may not be the best Throw up your throw up the shoulders and shrug. I don't know. Only time will tell. But the Raiders have hired uh, former Chargers GM Tom Telesco as their next GM and have hired Antonio Pierce as their full-time head coach and re removed the interim tag. That was other news, and that's what's going on around the league. And that's the latest updates on coaching vacancies. We'll have more uh, updates next Thursday on Pigskin Frenzy and on the socials. So just keep plugging in on the socials on X, uh, at Pigskin underscore Frenzy as well on X. So it's time to preview and predict some of these games to conclude today's episode of the show. And let's talk about Championship Sunday. I cannot wait. Two games, two big ones. Let's start with the AFC Championship game Sunday afternoon. Chiefs at Ravens. Patrick Mahomes used to it. He This is his first game not playing a conference championship in Arrowhead. He's used to the environments. He's used to playing playoff games both on the road, both at home, He's not used to an AFC championship being away from Kansas City. Uh, we've seen it. We've honestly seen it since 2018. So it's kind of crazy to see it. But AFC championship, nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, Chiefs at Ravens, who can walk out with a victory? Let's, let's talk about these, these keys for a second because they're quite interesting. Here's the key to the Chiefs. Limit the rushing offense of the Ravens. Limit the rushing offense of the Ravens. I mentioned it earlier. The Bills put up 182 yards against the against the Chiefs. They ran the ball quite well. Josh Allen ran the ball quite well against them. If Josh Allen can do it, what's Lamar Jackson going to do? They need to have a formidable game plan to stop that rushing attack. If they do not stop that rushing attack, that's the key to success for the Ravens. 
And my honest thoughts is they probably need to limit the amount of rushing. Uh, not only that, they need to run the ball themselves with Isaiah Pacheco. They can move their offense. If they move their offense, limit the rushing attack of the Ravens, the Chiefs could go into go into Baltimore, go into M&T Bank Stadium, and win this game. They could do it. So let's see what happens here. That's my key. They need to limit the rushing attack for Lamar Jackson, Dalvin Dalvin Cook even now, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. So for the Chiefs, limit that attack. For the Ravens, dominate the line of scrimmage. Do what the Bills did. Run the ball down their throats. Dominate the line of scrimmage. And you you can necessarily win the game. If you dominate on both sides of the football, which the Ravens have done this season against a bunch of top contenders, the Lions, Dolphins included, they can win the ball game. And they will... They will win the ball game if they do it like that. Dominate the line of scrimmage if you're the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's the biggest key here. And then if you do that, you'll have enough enough space to run the ball, throw the ball, and let Lamar Jackson run and have full control of the offense Sunday afternoon. So dominate the line of scrimmage if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Who do I have winning this football game? I'm pretty sure the family's going to be there. Swift's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. Supporting Kelsey, supporting Mahomes, Brittany's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. They're going to show the camera on this for Swift celebrating and all that. The Chiefs are going to score, okay? I'm just going to let you guys know now. The Chiefs will score in this game. Who do I have one in this game? The Chiefs, I pick them the whole time in the playoffs because they're a different animal. When it comes to trying to make it to the Super Bowl, And when it comes to with Andy Reid as their head coach and their coaching in general, when it comes to that, they are honestly, and the loss of Eric Bellini did hurt them during the season. I'm not going to lie. But with everything, as I drop my pen, they can do it. They They are capable of going on the road, and Mahomes is capable of going on the road to win the game. He's capable of doing it, okay? He's capable of doing it. They're going to show him scoring. They're going to show him, you know, with the Swifts and everything. What they probably don't need to show is the final score at the end of the game. The Ravens get it done. <laughs> and you're thinking, you pimp, you just led on and on and on to just say that. I am saying that. I don't think they're going to knock off the Ravens. I think the Ravens get them. I think it's a home environment. I think it's going to be a hostile environment. The Chiefs are not going to be welcomed there quite well. Uh, Mahomes is going to play a lights-out game. I think Mahomes is going to play really well. I think the Ravens are going to play a little bit better. Lamar is going to play a little bit better. And they're going to and they're going to win the game. The Ravens win the game. I'm going to say by 35-28. Ravens 35, Chiefs 28, and the Ravens win the AFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. So the Ravens 35, Chiefs 38. Final score. That's what they're not going to want to show. Ravens 35, Chiefs 28, and they beat the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Ravens get it done. I picked the Chiefs all year. I have. I've been really, I have. Listen, you're thinking you've been really high on the Chiefs. Now you're picking the Ravens? I am, because I'm being honest. I don't think the Ra- I don't think the Chiefs are going to get it done. I think my honest thoughts was I thought the Chiefs were going to make it all the way to the conference championship only to lose to Baltimore. And that's still my honest thoughts. I don't think Baltimore is going to lose this game. Ravens 35, Chiefs 28. Ravens beat the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. 
NFC Championship Sunday night. Lions at 49ers. Um, it is their first game championship, NFC Championship since 1991. Oh my goodness. The Detroit Lions are in it. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. And the Niners, I expected them to be here. We all expected the Niners to be here. I got some interesting keys for this game. Uh, for the Lions, I would try to put pressure on Brock Purdy and be physical up front. Be you, pretty much. Be you. Be physical up front and do what you do best. Be physical on both sides of the football up front. And that is what the Lions do best. And that's why they have such a good offense and a good defense because they're very physical when they play football. That's my thing. That's my take. Be physical up front. That's key number one. And try to put pressure on Brock Purdy. Because if you put pressure on Brock Purdy and he's playing inconsistent, you got a shot at winning this ball game. Number two, and this is for the Niners. The Niners key here. Again, this is about Brock Purdy. Both of them are kind of about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's got to have a sensational game. He has to play and find Brock Purdy. Not just that, the defense has to play a sensational game against this this offense that has a solid rushing attack, has the solid passing attack with Jared Goff. This offense can move the ball on you. The Lions offense can really move the ball down your throat and don't think twice about it, okay? So Brock Purdy and this defense are both going to have to have a sensational and consistent football game to probably overcome the Detroit Lions in this football game. Uh, who do I have winning this ball game? The Niners are the most complete team in the, in the NFL. They are. If you look at them, if you look at who, who they are up front, well, on the defensive line, up front, they led by Trent Williams on the O-line, led by Nick Bosa and Chase Young and uh, Fred Warner and all those guys on defense, Dre Greenlaw on defense, McCaffrey, Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, Samuel, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. They are loaded. Most complete team in the NFL. Uh, I thought I, I was really high, and I thought they were the best team in the league until I saw the Ravens. The Ravens have played as the best team in the league right now. But then you see the Lions, and they they make you think, man, this is a good football team. They're not just some oh, underdog Cinderella story. This is a really good football team. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. They can be physical up on both sides of the ball up front. They read their gaps right. They do everything quite impressively well. And you look at this football team and you think, this is a team that's getting you believing that they could do it. They could win it all. I said the Niners could quite possibly make it and win it all. This game that they had against the Packers kind of scared me a little bit. I thought about it a lot. And you know what I'm going to say? I believe. I believe. Give me the Detroit Lions to defeat the Niners in San Francisco to win the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl in a rematch against the Baltimore Ravens in Las Vegas. Super Bowl 58, Ravens versus Lions. The Lions win their first NFC Championship since 1991 Guys, they win their, their they win their NFC championship. They defeat the Niners on the road. The Lions do it 31-28. Lions 31, 49ers 28. 
the 49ers stay home. They end their season. And hopefully they could probably make it back to Super Bowl 59 next year. I think the Niners are a really good team. Still do. Still think they're going to, you know, they're still a uh, most complete team in the NFL. But I believe in the Lions right now. I think the Lions are hot. I believe them. I think they can do it. 31-28, the Lions defeat the Niners. And they get the job done. I think Brock Purdy's going to have a good game Sunday. I think the defense will play a lot better. I think the Niners are going to play a lot better. But I think the Lions are going to overcome everything because of what they have been through and their coaching ability right now. They're just white hot. I got the Lions 31-28 to defeat the 49ers and to win the NFC Championship game to go to Las Vegas to play in Super Bowl 58 against the Baltimore Ravens. Guys, that will do it for Pigskin Frenzy today. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, just share around with others and follow on there as well. X, Instagram, and Facebook, all you got to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories as well as all things today for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, enjoy the games this Sunday. It's going to be some epic contest Sunday. NFC Championship Sunday night on Fox. Lions at 49ers. AFC Championship Sunday afternoon on CBS. Raven, uh, Chiefs at Ravens. Going to be excellent. Guys, NFL this weekend, and don't forget, Tuesday, we will be back with a college ball episode of Pigskin Frenzy. We're going to talk about all things the transfer portal and have an ep- a transfer portal episode about, you know, just about the portal and about who's in the portal and what's going on in the portal, as well as the latest on Michigan and who they're going to hire as their next head coach to replace the new Chargers head coach, Jim Harbaugh. So I'm Joel Norris signing off. Enjoy the games this weekend. See you Tuesday for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, for everybody out there, stay the course. Mm-hmm.